Hi, everyone. I'm Greg Lambert, and this is the In Seclusion podcast miniseries. The state of Georgia was one of the last states to restrict movement within the state and one of the first to begin reopening the state for business. I talked with one of the Atlanta Metro County Law Librarians to get her take on how the pandemic is affecting her library services and how soon does she plan to get the library reopened. Well, Sarah, thank you very much for taking some time to, to talk with me. Happy to be here. Happy to talk, happy to, talk to somebody. Sarah Moulton is the County Law Library for DeKalb County, Georgia. You're an, an ex-firm law librarian who has moved over uh, to be a county law librarian. So mm-hmm. Best choice I ever made. And so you and I are kind of backwards on that. So mm-hmm. I was a county, uh, well, a state law librarian and then uh, moved over to firm. So can you just tell me uh, what you did at the county law library once the pandemic started taking effect, um, how, how did that affect your normal life as you started shutting down in March? So as March came in, um, I was ready to go on vacation. Uh, so the first full week of March, I was on a cruise. Mm. It was a lovely cruise. It was a nerd cruise. So we were, we were in the middle of the ocean with no internet access, nothing. So when I left, left on Thursday, we talked through uh, what might happen, uh, what we could do, and I left the library in the capable hands of my other librarian, who I said, I trust you, you're going to do fine, <laughs> it's going to be great, uh, and so she she held it down for the week. Uh, when we got back to the U.S., nobody wanted us. Yeah, uh, I, I can imagine. They said, you're, you're just, you can't, you can't be here. I was like, okay. You were, to- and you were toxic. <laughs> I, I, I liked that. I liked that my, uh, that the court administrator said, um, people would feel more comfortable <laughs> if you weren't here. So I was like, okay. Uh, and so that was, that was the second week in March. So uh, 14th, 15th around there. And we, weren't sure quite what we were going to do. You know, people were still coming in. My other librarian said it had started to kind of slow down a lot toward the end of the week before, Mm -hmm. but there were still people coming in. And so she made lots of choices. I was really pleased with what she did. But one of the things that made her uncomfortable was having so many mediations in our library. We've got four conference rooms that are used usually every day. Often we'll have one, maybe two mediations, you know, other people borrow them. And she wasn't comfortable with having people in there for the whole day. Right. You know, people coming in and out. Uh, she's one of those folks who, who does care a lot about cleaning things. <laughs> she's a tidier human being than I am. <laughs> uh, so we had already, it, it had already become a, a, a cleaner place. Uh, just because that's something that she's, you know, she cares about. And she was really, she'd been careful about getting everything right. wiped down. But so she, did you, did you shut down the, did you shut down those conference rooms? Yeah. Uh, so right now, so, so I was like, well, okay, they can use them. I mean, there won't be 10 of them. It'll probably be fine. <laughs> uh, she was like, no, not cool with that. And then eventually they figured out that they could use video conferencing. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it mediates just fine. So we got closer and by Wednesday, uh, it became clear that the courts were going to shut. So this would have been like Wednesday, March 18th. Yeah, yeah. So right. Yeah, somewhere right in that that week. It was about Wednesday. 
And, uh, you know, I said, well, okay, this is what's going to happen. We're going to shut. We recently revamped the website, so it was better. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then the question was, how are we going to offer any reference service at all? Right. And who are who are your normal constituents there? Is I know you're open to the public, but um, the, you serve you're open others. To the public, the majority of people that I see, I, I see a few lawyers on a regular basis. Um, probably five to ten lawyers who come in all the time for research, and then we're also the place with a copy machine and with a computer that somebody can use in the library. And the typewriter, which is used more than you would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get, we get. Uh, I'd say that's the majority of our attorney uh, patrons are coming in to use the copier, a room, or the computers. Right. And then everybody else is somebody getting divorced, trying to get uh, deal with their eviction, something. Right, right. Um, lots of wills and, and people. I, I need to get some power of attorney over somebody. It's a lot of that. Yeah. Most of the people that we talk to have relatively low skills with a computer, low skills with the internet. So I'm like, this is not going to be great, Yeah. but it's what we got. So once you shut down, how did, how did your services evolve with the doors closed? I was totally willing for people to call me and, uh, but we had to figure out a way to do that. So I set up a Google number. Mm. Okay. Um, and so that's up on a sign that's up on the website. People can find it. We, and most of the calls, uh, the thing that's been, we've had very few calls, but the calls that we've had have mostly been from regulars. So people who said, Oh, I know the library can help me. What can I do? The thing I was most concerned about when we shut down was access to Westlaw and Lexus mm. because they're IP authenticated through the library. Gotcha. And even our access is IP authenticated. So like I can't do anything for anyone if I have no resources. Were you able to work with the vendors to yes. correct that? I was able, I was able to, and um, I didn't, Lexus is used very, very, very rarely in the library. Mm. So I wasn't too worried about getting that set up. But I talked to our rep and they got us set up. I originally asked for training passwords just, you know, so we could use them. Right. They're working on a way, to, they've set up some sort of trial for Edge that people can sign up for. So it's this, it's a very confusing system, <laughs> I think. But if that's the way it has to work, that's the way it has to work. I have discovered that Edge is not not really built for the public to use because okay. it has so much stuff in it that's not helpful to them. So you're saying that that part was set up for your public users? Yes. So or for can, you? For, so for, for, for the public? For anyone. Okay. Uh, so our public use, so I can send a public user information about how to sign up. Okay. If they want. And so, and it's a time limited. Yeah. It's, it's like a, you get 20 hours over a two week period. Okay. Something like that. So it's, it's good access. Right. It's really good access, but it has limitations. Like you can't email from it. Mm. So that's a, that was an interesting limitation to learn when I was uh, trying to get something for somebody. But again, we haven't had a lot of, 
requests. And part of that is that the law library, before I got there, they were very focused on helping people there. Right. And helping people, allowing people to use the computer, allowing people to look at a book, right. allowing people to print things. And, you know, I really want us to start doing more than that, you know, seeing it as an access to justice piece. Right. So I think we're getting there. I think we're working on it. But this was not a helpful, <laughs> a helpful <laughs> well, interlude. Well, that that's what I was wondering is what mm-hmm. does this pandemic, is this going to open up the door for that, you think? I hope so. So we can't because, you know, right now the judicial emergency has been it originally was set to expire May 13th. It's expanded to June 13th. Hmm. And so judicial emergency now means that no and nothing but uh, urgent matters will be held. So okay. nobody's getting evicted. Nobody's getting divorced. You know, they're doing TPOs. They're arraigning people. So that's very interesting because in Georgia, again, I think most people just watching the news knows that Georgia, at least from the administrative side or the executive Mm -hmm. side of things, uh, was one of the last to shut down and one of the first to announce that they were reopening. But with the judicial branch, it sounds like they are looking more. So do you have plans to open anytime before June 13th? Our plan is to try to phase in some service between uh, now and before June 13th. So probably in the next two or three weeks, we'll see. It's super fluid. Yeah. But, you know, Fulton and DeKalb are two of the hardest hit counties currently, uh, which makes sense because we're where the people live. Uh, Though, you know, now up in Gainesville, where they process chickens, we're starting to get a lot. Uh, Albany had a lot, so who knows? Uh, so we shall see what opening up means as far as you know what's going to happen. Mm. I do find it interesting when, when I saw that the that the judicial emergency had been pushed out. I was like, oh, oh, Judge Melton or Justice Melton and the governor are not talking about these things, obviously. <laughs> uh, but that is that is something that I have discovered in Georgia. It, there, it is very serious, the divide between legislative, executive, and judicial in mm-hmm. Georgia. Judicial is going to do what judicial is going to do. Yeah. And I, I think so, you see that a lot in, in, in a lot of states. Uh, yeah. So it just, I, I, but because of, because of my previous experience, it had never hit me how incredibly on their own they are. Yeah. Yeah. As you look long term, what do you think are some of the changes in the way that you provide service that are going to come once you start reopening? We are going to have to focus on telephone and electronic service because we're, we just, you know, when we reopen, we're looking at limiting the number of people that can be in there at a time, limiting where they can be, uh, you know, the computers are going to be a challenge, keeping yeah. them clean. And so that's going to be, that's going to be a challenge. Uh, so anything that we can do that'll help us help people distance is going to be really important. And I'm not sure how well that's going to work to begin with, because as I said, the, uh, most of our most of our patrons are very low skilled. 
Right. They want to do it, but they are really confused. And I mean, I'm discovering just how frustrating. And I always knew that all of our government sites in Georgia were kind of frustrating. (laughs) But it's a lot of very circular, you know, you want to know about this. Great. Go here. Oh, oh, you want to go know about this? Oh, look, we're back to where we started. Yes. And, you know, like like our our tax commissioner's office uh, right now is only taking requests by email. That's a challenge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, you know, if I have to get somebody to where they need to. okay, so now we have to set you up an email address. Now we have to do this uh, and you'll have to be able to check that email address. Uh, So that's. It's going to be a challenge, but I think I think we may have to start doing some training videos for folks. Mm-hmm. Like this is how you do this. Uh, so I, I feel that video editing is coming into my future. Are you, are you finding that there's um, strength in collaboration? Are you working with other counties or with the state uh, to kind of figure out one? the opening process and two, the how does this continue question? So Georgia is a very strong county state. Yeah. So and counties are very independent. They want things to be their and, way. And you have a lot of counties too, right? We do. How- we have 159 of them. So not every county has a law library in Georgia. And there's only staff at a handful of them. And there's only library trained staff at a smaller handful. Right. So um, I did get an email uh, yesterday from somebody at the Cobb County Law, Law, Law Library. Um, so, you know, we're talking and, and each, each county is doing it differently. So my understanding is that Gwinnett will not open until the judicial emergency is over. Right. Cobb has had the room open for the entire time. So people could come in the room, but not get any assistance from somebody actually in the room. I, I guess they could have called somebody. And we've been some, you know, and we're somewhere in the middle. And so there really, there has not been a lot of motion at the state level to work through this, you know, work through how do we, how do we provide these services? I look upon Texas and I look upon <laughs> California and I look upon Minnesota and I go, oh, wow, I want to do what they're doing. Well, maybe this is the opportunity this to uh, the place. K- kickstart this, this, it. <laughs> this, may, maybe the, this may be the time. And I'm hoping because I'm hoping that we, we, we get to a point where they say, oh, yeah, you're right. This is something that we're going to have to do a lot more of. Well, Sarah, thank you very much for taking a few minutes to talk with me. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. It's always good to catch up. It is. Talk to you soon. Thanks again to Sarah Malden for sharing her experiences with me. Remember, we may all be in seclusion, but we're in this together. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter at @glambert. In Seclusion is produced by Janice Anderson. The music is from Jerry David DeSica. I'll see you tomorrow.